What's up, Wizards fans and NBA nerds? My name is Bryce Haas, and you're listening to the Wizards Hoops Analyst Podcast on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network, a podcast giving you game-by-game breakdowns of everything Wizards. Hey, Hoop Heads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of the Wizards Hoops Analyst. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network, including Cavalier Central, Knuck If You Buck, 305 Culture, Spanning the Spurs, Daily Thunder, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, At the Buzzer, and Cavaliers Fast Break. Plus, our coaching-focused podcasts, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, The Green Light, and Courtside Culture. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoop Heads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey, hoop heads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com slash team pricing to learn more. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com. We're going to do something different today. I think like all my episodes have been game recaps, um, except for like the first one. Um, but since obviously like it's a plan now, the Wizards are, you know, worked really hard to get to the eight seed. Um, and tomorrow night is the most important game of the season. Um, so I wanted to do a little um playing game preview i have no clue how long this is going to take but i'm just going to like talk over my thoughts about um what to watch for like what could happen and maybe like a prediction at the end of what's going to happen um for this game um so just to go over some of the stuff for both teams um the wizards are 34 and 38 to end the year um i'm like I'm fairly certain that I might have predicted them to win 34. I think I actually predicted them to win 35. Um, but I was pretty close. Um, it was really, really weird how they ended up here. Um, but, you know, they ended up where I thought they would in the eight seed with about 35 wins. Um, the subjects are 36 and 36. Um, so looking at the point differential, the Wizards are 22nd in point differential with a point differential of minus 1.7. Um, obviously, that does include, you know, most of the early season. Or I guess the first, like, two-thirds of the season where the Wizards weren't that good. Um, and then all of a sudden, they, you know, won a bunch of games. Um, the Boston, Boston Celtics point differential is um, plus 1.7, which is good for 13th in the league. Um, but obviously, a lot of that is with um, Jalen Brown on the team. Um, so, Wizards offense rating the season ended up being 20th in the league um, at 111.6, and their defensive rating ended up being 18th in the league um, at 113.3. Um, for the Celtics, their offensive rating ended up being 10th with um, an offensive rating of 114.4, and their defensive rating ended up being 13th um, at 112.7. Um, the first thing I want to talk about is injuries, um, because uh, kind of just to set the stage um, for the rest of the stuff, um, I do want to talk about like, who's going to play and who's going to not. I believe that the only Celtics player that's like really not going to play is Robert Williams, but um, I'm checking that right now. Boston Celtics injuries, because I, I think 48, um, or like a bunch of guys in his last game. I'm So yeah, so the only guy listed on the injury report right now is Robert Williams. Um, 
Oh, he's actually listed as probable. Um, so Jared Weiss, um, who covers the Boston Celtics for the Athletic, um, he wrote an article with um, Fred Katz, who covers the Wizards um, for the Athletic, and they um, said that Robert Williams probably wasn't going to play. Um, but yeah, so basically, everyone Celtics are going to have everyone healthy. That's awesome. Um, I love to see um, the Wizards play teams with their full. Squad. I mean, obviously, like Jalen Brown is out um, after um, getting wrist surgery. Um, so for the Wizards, uh, Hal Neto is day to day, and then obviously Thomas Bryant and Denny Abdi are out. Um, but Neto is actually also probable, so Neto's going to play. Okay, so this is awesome. <laughs> We're going to have all the t- people. This injury report got updated in the past, like, not that long. Um, so that's cool. Okay, so I guess cross injuries off the list of things to talk about. Um, we're going to have the full teams, um, pretty much, um, for what we expected. Um, so the next thing I want to talk about is how each team will defend each other's stars. Like, obviously, talking about how the Sutters are going to guard Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook and how the Wizards are going to guard um, Tatum and Kemba Walker. I think that... T- um, Tatum and Kemba Walker question is a little bit harder. So I'm going to start with Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook, that which I think is a little more clear. Um, well, I, I don't know, maybe. Um, but so one thing about um, Tatum and Beal is that like they guarded each other exclusively when the um, Wizards and Celtics played each other the last, um, when they were both on the floor together. Um, they both went to Chaminade. They're both from St. Louis. Um so like they know each other, they like trained a ton with each other. Um, so like their friends, like in the regular season, they're going to guard each other. I don't think that's going to continue in the playoffs. Um, to me, it just it doesn't make sense for <laughs> either team. Like it makes no sense to me why the Wizards want Beal guarding um, Tatum, and it makes no sense um, for why like why would Tatum guard Beal? Um, but any, oh, also talk about injuries. Um, if Bradley Beal isn't like you know 80, 85, 90 percent healthy, like. I don't know how the Wizards win this game, um, but anyways, um, we're just going to hope that Beal is more healthy, um, but we'll kind of see, like, he really, really struggled, like, 90% of the way through that Hornets game, and then, like, in the last five minutes, he really, really turned on the Jets, um, with a day, and, like, most of the rest of the next of the day of rest, I hope that he's at least close to 100%, so I don't have to talk too much about it, but, like, hamstrings are hard, hamstrings are tricky, he said he didn't re-aggravate it or anything, so I'm just going to trust um, what he says, he said he's not going to be fully 100%, but, like, nah, we'll see, um, I don't want to like speculate about hamstring injuries. I'm not a doctor. Um, but yeah, so I'd imagine that the, or I guess what I would do if I was Brad Stevens is I would put Marcus Smart on Bradley Beal and I would put Jason Tatum on um, Russell Westbrook. Um, if how Neto was going to play, I was planning on talking about how it might be difficult um, to, of what the optimal um, defensive um, lineup structure would be for the Celtics. Um, but if Neto's going to play, I assume he's going to start. And if Neto starts, I think that um, the Celtics would put Kemba Walker on Howell Neto. Um, I assume Robert Williams is going to start, or like, so that's they're going to play against Alex Land or whoever with the Wizards start at center. And then um, who's that? Fournier on um, Rui Hachimura, I guess. Um, so that's a, that was what my best guess would be, or I guess what I would do if I was on um, Brad Stevens. And the reason that I would, well, first of all, Marcus Smart on Bradley Beal is obvious, right? Because Marcus Smart is like one of the best um, defenders in terms of um, individual defense on guards in the entire league. Um, really, really strong, moves his feet really well, has awesome technique defensively. Like it's, he's all over the place. Um, he's incredible at getting around screens, which is going to come like really, really in handy because Beal initiates a lot of offense out of ball screens, out of side ball screens. Um, he's like, he comes off tons of screens and like, um, Marcus Smart's incredible getting around them. Um, Marcus Smart's also like incredible blocking, trailing, and top blocking. So the Celtics will have multiple looks to go to um, in terms of guarding Beal off the ball, where he works incredibly well. Um, I think Marcus Smart's going to be an awesome um, player to just stick on Beal and um, hope for the best. Um, another thing, so something that will take away though is like I think Marcus Smart's just like really, really unbelievably good in help. 
Um, and like if he's kind of sticking with Beal, um, do you really, really want him rotating over? Like at the nail, he's really, really good. Um, even like weak side rim protection, like he's good enough. Or uh, like he's like switching in the post, he's like he has a really strong lower body, so he's good at that. Um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't do any of that. I would just like leave him on Beal. I'm not letting Beal do anything. Um, if Beal beats us, like he's gonna have to beat us with unbelievably tough shots against Marcus Smart. Um, like hounding him all game long. He's gonna have to really, really work for his points. Um, I'm not letting Beal beat me if I'm Brad Stevens. Um, if I'm Brad Stevens, I'm gonna let Russell Westbrook shoot. Um, just straight up. Um, so Russell Westbrook, um, I got to pull up his season numbers, uh, player stats, offense overview. I want to look at shooting accuracy. Okay, so on the season, Russell Westbrook, from short mid, ended up shooting forty percent. Um, long mid, thirty nine percent, and from three, thirty one percent. I would let Russell Westbrook shoot the ball every single possession from outside of five feet. If Russell Westbrook is more than five feet away from the basket, I just straight up would not guard him. And that's why I would have Jason Tatum. Like, off the ball, I'm not guarding Westbrook. I'm having Jason Tatum just, like, basically stand in the paint. Um, just 2-9 in the paint the whole entire time. Um, help with Beal back cuts because I would probably top lock Beal if I were Brad Stevens. Um, so just help on that with Jason Tatum. Help on that with the center. Um, the sink and fills would be super, super easy because you're going to have Jason Tatum helping. So take away the lobs, potentially to Alex Lynn, potentially to Daniel Gafford, or like the drop downs to um, Robin Lopez. Jason Tatum would be right there. Um, pick and roll, like, you can't do it because Jason Tatum's just going to come over and get the roller. Like if you, um, you can send two on the ball. If Bradley Beal gets a ball screen, you can blitz. Um, you can hard hedge. You can do a ton of different things because all of a sudden I have Jason Tatum playing free safety in help. Um, and the, like the Wizards struggle with that. The Wizards struggle against blitzes because they don't have a big that can short roll. They're not great at swinging the ball around. They're not great at attacking um, closeouts that are coming super hard. Um, they're not good at spacing the floor. Um, so that's exactly what, like I would I would just play free safety. Um, and then with Fournier on Rui, like I'm baiting Rui into taking mid-range jump shots. Um, Rui's like better than league average in terms of mid-range jump shots. So he's at 45% from short mid, 40% from long mid, um, and 32% from three. I'm baiting him into shooting too. Like I'm just going into this game. Anyone but Bradley Beal is going to score in this game. If Rui beats us by shooting 17-foot jump shots over Evan Fournier, we're going to live with that at the end of the day. We're going to go move on to the next game and just play it. Like, But I, if I'm the Celtics, that's a bet I'm willing to make. I'm I'm just not even thinking about letting Beal beat me. Um, so next thing I want to talk about is how um, the Celtics card would be like Dos Rutans. Um, so if you have Dos Rutans on in the game, like say that you sub him in for, um, what's his face? <laughs> Let's say Howell Neto. Um, and then all of a sudden you have Westbrook Beal, Neto, or not Neto, um, Bertans, um, let's say Gafford, and then Rio um, Hachimura. That's get, that gets a little more difficult because you have to put Kemba Walker on someone. Do you put Kemba Walker on Dobbs Bertans because Bertans would be able to shoot right over him? Um, Bertans ended up with the season 40%. He's obviously like a better shooter than that number shows, and also like his gravity is like incredible. Are you just going to switch everything off the ball? But then that would kind of mess with some of your matchups. All of a sudden, you can have Bradley Beal screen for Bertans, you can have Bertans screen for Beal, and then you're getting open looks. Then you're getting Marcus Smart off of Bradley Beal and onto Bertans, which is not something that you want at all. Um, so what do you kind of do there? As a question that I will have with the Celtics, um, and I think that the Wizards should probably go to that look earlier because I think that Howneto, like, yeah, he's like he's the best option defensively to guard Kemba Walker, but he also kind of gives the Celtics an out with Kemba Walker defensively. Um, or just set inverted screens all the time with Howneto. Have Neto set screens for Westbrook. Now, like, you can. The problem with that is that you can easily go under them. But if you have Neto set an inverted screen for Bradley Beal, um, yeah, if they're blitzing though, then that's not that big a deal. I'm trying to talk myself through this because I'm obviously like, I do this podcast. I want the Wizards to win. I'm a Wizards fan. But like, 
it's just it's tough for the Wizards when you have such easy outs in terms of non-shooters. Like you can really, really help off Rui Hachimura. You can really, really help off Russell Westbrook off the bench. You can help off like Ish Smith. Like Ish Smith can't shoot at all. Um, let's see who else. Like Gafford, like he doesn't spend time in the perimeter. Like Hutchinson, he can't shoot at all. Um, Hutchinson only shot 18 threes all year. Um, Gill has like barely shot all season long. Like I would, I'd be fine with letting Gill shoot, even though um, the sample size from Russia is pretty solid. Um, the Wizards just don't have a ton of guys that can really space the floor. And that, like, once you get to the playoffs and you're playing in a more condensed floor like that, that it's going to cause problems. Um, so that's where I'm pretty concerned with the Wizards offensively. But at a certain point, like, Bradley Beal is just so good. And if you get some stops defensively and you push the ball with Russell Westbrook, like, the Wizards are very, very, very good at pushing the ball. They're very good at getting early offense, and they're very good. Um, like, that's where Russell Westbrook, that's what he really, really brings to this offense, making plays, getting downhill. Like, if he can find a way to get consistently downhill when he plays against coverages that are just really really dropping back against him um then that's gonna be really positive and the way that he does that a lot is in early offense like if you don't let the Celtics um set up with their matchups um then that's gonna be a pretty positive thing um I want to look at the Celtics stats team stats for um defensive um play context transition um so in terms of transition the Celtics are seventh best in the league in terms of frequency um which is like not allowing the other team to run against you. And they're 17 the points per play, so that's not great. Um, you know, some of the um, transition stuff can get a little wonky um, in terms of lineup data because, like, sometimes, like, other teams are only shoot the ball in transition if they get a good shot. Um, so, you know, if they don't shoot in transition, all of a sudden it's not counted as a transition possession. Um, so, yeah, but when you have athletic guys like Robert Williams, like, it'll be interesting to see how much the Celtics attack the offensive glass. Um, I want to see what their offense rebound rate is for this season. Um, so the Celtics' offensive rebound rate is in the sixth percentile, twenty-seven point two percent. So are they like part of that? Might be Daniel Tice. Like he's a pretty good rebounder, but like, is Robert Williams going to attack the glass, or is he just going to like um, get back in transition and stop the Wizards? Um, is that going to take an element away from the Celtics' offense? Um, but they're not attacking the glass. Like, if Tristan, is Tristan Thompson going to attack? Is Luke Cornett? Like, are these guys just going to get back, or are they going to um, go after the ball? Um, I would rather just get back on defense because that like the Wizards are really, really effective in transition. Um, but we'll kind of see with that. I think that'll be interesting um, to watch. I'm just supposed to be talking about defending the stars. I got a little bit off track. So for the Wizards, um, how do you defend Jason Tatum and Kemba Walker? I think the best player to put onto Kemba Walker would be Howell Neto. Um, but one thing that Neto has struggled with, like Neto has done a really, really good job against stronger guards, like the Kyle Lowry's of the world, um, the Chris Paul's of the world, like those guys who don't necessarily utilize their speed as much. Um, but he kind of struggles against the Kemba Walkers, like the Kyrie Irvings of the world. Um, who are quicker guards um, that are more manipulative with their handle. Um, that's where Neto kind of struggles because he does like to get into guys, get physical with guys, but all of a sudden um, that leads you a little bit susceptible to a lot of the deception um, that like Kemba Walker and Kyrie Irving do. Um, so playing against Kemba Walker, if he's fully healthy, like ready to go, I think that's a m- matchup problem, like one-on-one for the Wizards. And then I'll talk about um, like Jason Tatum. Um, if First of all, when Ruha Jamar is out of the game, like I don't know who could even like stand a chance of guarding Tatum. I guess Beal. Um, but if Beal's not 100%, do you really run him working on Tatum for the whole entire game? No. Um, I'd rather just throw Beal on like, I don't even know, because like Fournier can initiate ball screens. Um, Beal's not very good at getting around ball screens. So do you want that? Like, no, I don't want that. Um, I guess like Marcus Smart can initiate in ball screens. I don't want like Beal on Marcus Smart either. Um and then at a certain point, like, who are you putting Beal on? I guess it would be, I guess you put Beal on Fournier and Russell Westbrook on Marcus Smart. Um, and then Neto on um, Kemba Walker. Because also Neto is by far the best wizard guard in navigating ball screens. 
Um, and the Celtics love to run. <laughs> obviously, they love to run ball screens with Kemba Walker because he's such a threat um, to score in those situations. So the next issue I have is how do the Wizards defend ball screens with their centers? Um, so they ha- obviously they have the three-center rotation of Alex Len, um, Daniel Gafford, and... Um, Alexander Gafford, <laughs> why am I blanking here in Robin Lopez? I think that Robin Lopez is honestly unplayable against Kemba Walker. I don't see how that could possibly work. Kemba Walker would be able to turn the corner, or like step back, like and shoot threes like every single time. Like, I don't think that could work. Um, so then the next guy is Alexander Gafford. Uh, for Alexander's size, he moves his feet pretty well, but I just, I can't see that either. So I think that this is going to have to be a Daniel Gafford game. And like, I've been saying it all season long. I don't know if Gafford's like just in a vacuum, like as good as these other guys. But the scheme versatility that he gives you, I think, is far greater than that of um, the other two bigs. Um, and that's kind of because he can move his feet better on the perimeter. Um, his technique is still bad. Um, and that could just get absolutely exposed by Kemba Walker. Um, Kemba Walker's, like, handle deception, like, maneuvering, like, his body control, proprioception, like, all that stuff is just off the charts. Um, so... It could get ugly because Daniel Gafford, like once he flips his hips, he's just done. Like he's just so poor in like defending in space with his technique defensively um, that he could just get exposed by Kemba Walker every single time. Or like maybe the Wizards just throw a hard edge at there. Like don't let Kemba Walker use that screen. Um, maybe they just ice everything. Um, force Kemba Walker to go downhill. If he wants to attack, fine. Like the Wizards, maybe we'll just rotate everything. Like just rotate, like force Marcus Smart into shooting a three. Like if, you know, Marcus Smart beats you by shooting eight threes and you live with that. Um, but like the kind of risk assessment with how the Wizards are going to play Marcus Smart is really, really interesting. Because um, you have to bring the big up to the level, first of all. Um, and then once Marcus Smart gets done, or Kemba Walker, he's gotten good enough at making those um, secondary reads when he's attacking downhill, that that's kind of dangerous. Um, and also the Wizards rotations haven't been great. Something that'll be, uh, first of all, so watch out for how Beal and Russell Westbrook rotate when they're defending the weak side corner. Because the rotations this year have been god awful. But in a like playoff, like, game to make the playoffs like this, I really, really wonder how their defense is going to be. Because, like, last season, Russell Westbrook was probably, like, an average defender. Um, years ago, Beal was, like, an average defender when he wasn't doing as much offensively. Um, so maybe, are they going to be average defenders in this game? Because that would be huge if they could get up to the level of being an average defender. Because I think that they could be if they just, like, took, like, if they just, like, didn't play offense at all. Um, then I think that they could be up to the level of an average defender. Um, but they just haven't been because the offensive load that they carry. Um, so that's going to be something interesting to see, um, how good Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook rotate defensively. Um, but yeah, the next guy is going to Jason Tatum. Um, Jason Tatum has gotten really, really good in ball screens. Like he can really, really get the um, opposing player in jail. He's gotten good at snaking them and he's gotten good at reading the back. Well, not good, but like above average, like he can make reads now, um, in, in the pick and roll, which is something that he did not come into league with coming from Duke. Um, and like in the first, first year in the league, he wasn't doing any of that, um, so Rui Hachimura, um, he's gotten better at guarding like these bigger guys that don't rely on quickness as much on the ball. Like he can contest a lot of the like um, tough like mid range top threes that um, Tatum wants to do. But once you get like Rui Hachimura is not good at all at getting around ball screens, um, which makes sense. Like obviously he's six eight, um, his feet are a little bit heavy, his hips are a little bit tight. Um, but like you know you do, you usually don't ask your six eight power forward to be maneuvering ball screens, right? But if he's the Wizards' best wing defender, you put him on the best wing in Jason Tatum, um, and then all of a sudden like Jason Tatum can snake ball screens now and Jason Tatum can get his guy in jail get him on his hip and all of a sudden he's killing you that's scary I'm scared of that um I don't know how Rui's gonna defend that that's gonna be really interesting to see how well does Rui get over screens um how much is he just working on it breaking down film of how he's been getting over screens all season long looking at how he get like I don't know I don't know the answer to these questions but like no one else on the Wizards has a chance at guarding Jason Tatum besides Rui Hachimura I will tell you that much um so it's gonna have to be a big time Rui game big time Gafford game in terms of stepping up and guarding ball screens um 
it'll be super interesting to see how the Woods defend. Like, I'm really, really interested to see that. And the Wood, like the Celtics also have secondary playmaking. Like Marcus Smart is a really good secondary playmaker. Evan Fournier is an absolutely awesome secondary playmaker. Um, so that's going to be super interesting. Like even like Robert Williams has some passing ability. Um, how, how are the Wizards going to go Kemba Walker off the ball? Is he flying off like double pin down or flying off like Celtics action? Like, or not Celtics, Boston action. Um, how are we going to defend it? Is he going to be top locked? Are we going to have the requisite help? Like, and who are we helping off of? But that is something that is interesting. Is that is with the starting lineup. Um, so if you look at the Boston Celtics, I'll just I'm just want to pull up um, Boston Celtics roster. Um, I want to pull up the roster super quick and just go through it. So they have five nice starters. Um, why why this order like this? Um, so they so obviously so they have N Fournier. Um, Really, really good um, shooting guard. Um, Marcus Smart, awesome, awesome starting shooting guard. Um, they have Kemba Walker, obviously an awesome starting point guard. They have um, Jason Tatum starting at the four, awesome starter. And then they have um, Robert Williams, who I think is a solid starter, um, pretty average starter to me. Um, but still, like he has a lot of athletic ability. He can give you a lot of different looks in terms of ball screen coverage. He can do some switching. He's a really good rim threat. He can make. He can actually pass a little bit. Like some of the decision making is a little bit wonky at times, um, but. A solid starter. But then who do you have off the bench for the Boston Celtics? Um, I will read a list of the guys that have been in and out of the rotation throughout the season. Like they don't have a consistent rotation. Um, so the guy, Luke Cornette, um, who they got from the Bulls in the Mo Wagner trade. Um, unfortunately, they did cut Mo Wagner. Um, but that's a topic for another day. So Romeo Langford just came back. Um, he's been playing a little bit in the rotation. Um, Aaron Naismith, he's been looking a lot better. Um, Semi Ojale, he's in and out of the rotation. Jabari Parker, they picked him up. That's the guy that they dropped Mo Wagner for. Um, he's been in and out of the, like he's been in there a little bit. Like Peyton Pritchard, he's been like, you know, at the back end of the rotation all season long. Tristan Thompson, like he plays. Um, he's their backup center. Grant Williams, like he's, you know, he plays some minutes. Um, and those are the guys. But how many of those guys do you trust in the playoffs? Um, I'll, re- I'll read that list again. Luke Cornette, Romeo Langford, Aaron Naismith, um, Semi Ojale, Jabari Parker, Peyton Pritchard, um, Tristan Thompson, and Grant Williams. Like two? Like I'd, I'd, I wouldn't feel terrible about throwing out Tristan Thompson and Grant Williams in a playoff situation. I'm nervous about Peyton Pritchard. I'm pretty nervous about who Peyton Pritchard guards. Um, I'm pretty nervous about what Jabari Parker does out there. I'm pretty nervous about if Semi Ojale can shoot. Like, is Semi Ojale going to get guarded? I'm pretty nervous about what Aaron Naismith's going to do. He's been super, super up and down. Like, he's been better the past month, but, like, is can he play playoff basketball? Is Romeo Langford going to get, like, can Romeo Langford shoot shoot the ball? Um, is Luke, like, what the heck is Luke Cornette? Is Luke Cornette just going to get cooked in ball screens all day by, like, like Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal? Like, I have pretty big questions about those guys' ability to play in a playoff or play in level, <laughs> play in level rotation. Um, so once the starters come out for the Celtics, like, What's going to happen? And does that even matter? That's something that's really interesting because once you usually once you get to the playoffs, your depth doesn't matter as much because your starters are playing way more minutes. If the Celtics just play 40 minutes of like the their top five guys and then all of a sudden like these guys are only playing like eight minutes, then it probably doesn't matter that much, right? Um, they'll just throw them out there whenever the Woods throw their bench out there and the Woods bench isn't all that great. Um, so we'll kind of see. Um, I don't know. That's going to be super, super interesting to see um, how the Celtics play with their limited depth. And like their limited depth had, has been a problem for them all season long. Um, so I think that's going to be really, really interesting to watch too. Um, I'm already 20 minutes into this. Uh, okay, let's talk about the Wizards rotation. Um, who are the Wizards going to play? The Wizards have had a super inconsistent rotation all season long. Um, I went through the Celtics guys. I'll go through the Wizards guys. So obviously, so here are the guys that are usually in the rotation. Kind of, sorta. So the guys that are definitely going to play are Bradley Beal, Davis Tons, um, Daniel Gafford, um, Rui Hachimura. Uh, I don't even want like if Alex Len doesn't start, I don't think he's going to play. Um, 
Helenetto, Ishmith, Russell Westbrook. Those seven guys are like pretty much certainly going to play, right? And then fringe guys, Garrison Matthews, Alex Lynn, kind of maybe if he doesn't start. Robin Lopez to me is a fringe guy at this point in a playoff situation. Um, Chandler Hutchison is a fringe guy. I really hope he doesn't play. Anthony Gill has turned into a fringe guy. Itzhak Bonga like, isn't even a fringe guy at this point. Like He might be the only other guy that has a chance regarding Tatum. Um, and he actually turned the game around last time the Wizards played the Celtics in terms of his defense against Jason Tatum. Um, so like the Wizards rotation is pretty iffy too. And then if you have Bradley Beal coming back off a hamstring injury, that's like hamstrings are not something to mess around with. You have like Russell Westbrook, who's he's been playing 40 minutes. Like he, I'm not worried about that. Um, you know, like Daniel Gafford is Daniel Gafford really, really in shape? Um, that's kind of my question. Like Dallas Rutons, can Dallas Rutons play 35 minutes, like playing the way that he does, just flying around screens offensively? Um, can Rui Hachimura play 35 minutes? Like he was out a couple games. Um, I have questions about like the Wizards rotation. Like I, but. One thing I want to do, like, I, I want to see Garrison Matthews. Like, please. Um, Garrison Matthews, he gives you something on offense with his shooting. Um, he gets around screens. He's a good cutter. Um, like, defensively, he's really, really active on the ball. He plays really hard. Like, Garrison Matthews gives you something. Garrison Matthews is a very clear value add, and he gives you, like, a place to guard. He doesn't give you a spot to rest defensively. And, like, the Wizards ha- already have too many places that they can throw um and the Celtics can just hide Kemba Walker on, you don't want to give them another outlet for that. You want to play someone like Garrison Matthews to make it harder for the Celtics to hide some of their weaker defenders. Um, so that that's just my my two cents on um, whether or not Garrison Matthews should play. Um, something else I want to talk about is coaching. Um, I think the Celtics have a pretty clear coaching advantage. Um, no offense to Scott Brooks. Um, he's done some stuff throughout the season, but like the, uh, the in-game adjustments um, that... Brad Stevens is able to make uh, is incredible. Like he's unbelievable at drawing up sets in the half court where like Scott Brooks is um, pretty up and down in term in that respect. Um, and then just like, I don't know, like dealing with rotations um, is kind of a little bit iffy sometimes with Brad Stevens. But like, I think that Brad Stevens is probably one of the three best coaches in the league. And I think that Scott Brooks is definitely in the bottom like tier, like a couple of tiers of coaches in the league. I honestly, like, I don't expect Scott Brooks to be back next season um, for the Wizards. Like, some of his rotation stuff is just ridiculous. Like, man, I'm going to be upset if Chandler Hutchinson plays in this game. I think that Chandler Hutchinson just gives you nothing. Um, like, I don't think Chandler Hutchinson is a shot at guarding Jason Tatum. Um, if Chandler Hutchinson comes off the bench to guard Jason Tatum, I think it's going to be ugly. Um, I don't think he's really that good on the ball defensively. Like, I think the only value he really gives you is with, with his weak side defense. Um, and if he's guarding Tatum, like, what the heck is he doing? <laughs> so, that's... That, I don't, I don't want Jim Hutchinson to play in this game. Um, but anyways, um, yeah, so coaching advantage, I say Celtics. Um, and then closing lineups. Um, the Celtics closing lineup to me is pretty clear with the Robert Williams, Evan Fournier, Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, and Kemba Walker. Um, the Wizards closing lineup is has been inconsistent throughout the season. Um, if you go with Beal, so Beal, Westbrook are locks. I think that um, Daniel Gafford as a counter to what the Celtics can do in ball screen actions is like you need to have him out there. Like Robin Lopez is not going to be able to close this game with his immobility on defense. Um, Alex Len, I don't think is mobile enough on defense to close this game. I think it has to 100% be Gafford. I think his technique is like I've said it a million times. His technique is not good. He's not that good on def- like defensively. But the fact that he has the upside to potentially be able to guard in these ball screens actions against the Celtics against Kemba Walker and Jason Tatum, he can potentially maybe even switch against Tatum and just get a like contest or like force force a drive. Um, like I'm, I'm playing that guy. Um, and like, I'm not the highest guy on Gafford in the world, but like he, he just gives you a shot. Um, and you play to win. You don't play not to lose. So, um, I'm, I'd put Gafford out there. So then the last two spots are interesting. Do you put Bertans out there? Because Bertans is 100% going to get cooked and picked apart and attacked every single time he's out on the floor by the Boston Celtics. Like Brad Stevens is just too smart of a coach. Um, they just have players that are too good. Like he's going to get picked apart. Um, but you kind of need offense. 
Um, you kind of need that place where, like, if you put Neto out there, all of a sudden you're giving the Celtics a place to hide Kemba Walker. If Neto is isoing against Kemba Walker, you're fine. Um, if there's a ball screen set by Howell Neto, um, I think that you can blitz and not be too worried about the roll. Um, maybe, like, he can short roll. Um, that might be something that the Wizards could play around with. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. I think, I don't know if I would put Kemba Walker out there, but I don't know. Like, there's so much, like, give and take. I would 100% put Garrison Matthews out there. I think that he defends and he can shoot. He's basically, like, he gives you something. He adds, like, and he fills a clear role. The Wizards need spacing on offense and they need on-ball defense on defense. Um, His rotations aren't great, um, but I think that Garrison Matthews should 100% close this game. I doubt that. Um, Scott Brooks would go to that. And then I guess that's four. I guess the last spot would go to Rui um, because you have to guard Tatum with someone. Like, at least Rui has... Rui has the best shot by far at guarding Jason Tatum out of anyone in the Wizards. Um, so I guess that's what my closing line would be. Um, I think that there's four guys that to me are pretty clear, and then the last spot's up in the air. Um, and I would give it to Garrison Matthews, 100%. Like, especially if you're putting Rui out there, and then all of a sudden you have like three non shooters with Rui, um, Daniel Gafford, and Russell Westbrook. Um, you cannot have another non shooter out there. I guess Neto's not a non shooter, um, but you cannot put Ishmith out there who's a non shooter. Um, you cannot put Chandler Hutchinson out there who's a non shooter. You cannot put, um, like, I don't know. Like, I guess the other guy would be Dallas. But like, I don't know. I think the Wizards, like, how are they closed? If they, this game is closed, it's going to be super interesting. Um, but yeah. Um, so I don't know what else I want to, if I have anything else to talk about. That's all I had in my notes. 26 minutes. Okay, so that's all I'm going to talk about. Um, but yeah, this is going to be super, super interesting. Um, oh, I want to do a prediction. Um, so if I had to put money on this game, I would bet the Boston Celtics. Um, generally in these playoff situations, if there's two things I'm going to go with, it's top tier talent and coaching. I think that the Boston Celtics have a better coach, and I think that their top tier talent is better than the Wizards. Um, also, like playoffs are all about matchups. Um, Jason Tatum and Kemba Walker, I just think match up incredibly well against this Wizards roster. But guess what? The Wizards have been super weird all season long. They're playing really well. Like, and if you get into a single game situation, just weird stuff happens all the time. Like 48 minutes of basketball is not nearly enough of a sample to determine who the better team is. Like they're just like, I don't know, Bertans could just go out there and shoot a bunch of threes. Like the Celtics could miss all the shots. The Wizards could make all the shots. Like you don't know what's going to happen in a single game. And that's the beauty of the playing. Like you have no, I have no clue what's going to happen. Yeah, I favor the Celtics, but like, I don't know what's going to happen. Like the Wizards go out there and like win. I'm not going to be surprised at all. Um, and like single elimination basketball, it's, like, it's, it's a beautiful thing. That's why you have upsets in March Madness all year. Just like there's so much randomness to a single game of basketball. Um, there's just weird stuff's going to happen. Um, so I'm really, really excited for this. Um, I'm probably going to do another of these um, for the playoffs. And, and well, if the Wizards make the playoffs, I might do another one of these if the Wizards have to play another playing game. Um, but this game's super important. It's going to be so much fun. Um, I'm really, really glad the NBA like did the play. And like I was doubtful of it at first, but like this is awesome. Um, so yeah, I'm going to have an episode coming out tomorrow night after this game. Um, super, super hyped for it. I hope you guys are too. So definitely check that game out. Thank you for listening to the Wizards Hoops Analyst Podcast on the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Please don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at HoopsWizardsPod. I'll see you next time.